Hey friend, Graham Baldwin here with The Speaker Lab. Hey, wouldn't it be nice if someone gave you the exact process to find and book more speaking gigs in 2024? That'd be nice, right? Well, I'll tell you what, we're just gonna do that for you. We've created a new 18-page guide based on Dan Irvin's process that helped him actually book over $100,000 in speaking gigs in the past year. Now, Dan is one of our uh, team members here. He's this, a very successful speaker and also one of our coaches. And so you're gonna learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, proposal emails, and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps. Again, that's plural, thespeakerlab.com slash steps. We're going to send you that PDF guide right to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps. That's it. That's all you got to do. Go there. Hey, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. You're awesome. Hey, what's up, friends? Grant Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speak Aloud podcast. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're having a great day. This is another one of these bonus episodes. We're trying to bring a lot of these to you right now as uh, speakers are just trying to process what's going on in the world and how to uh, adapt and pivot their businesses. And so today we're talking with uh, my friend Phil Jones. We've had Phil on the podcast a couple times. So definitely go back, listen to those episodes. Today we're talking about what Phil is doing. He's actually uh, quarantined with his family over in the UK. And so we talk about how he's been uh, pivoting, thinking about his business, uh, some of the different changes he's making, just kind of where his head's at in the process. We also, this is really important, that we also compare notes on hair care products. So, uh, which if you haven't seen me before, I don't have any hair. So it's a, it's a fun conversation you're going to enjoy. Let's jump right into this conversation with uh, Phil M. Jones. Enjoy. Hey, what's up, friends? Graham Baldwin here. Hope you guys are doing well. Hope you've had a, uh, a great start to your week so far. Today, I'm joined by my friend, Phil Jones, who is one, has one, some of the, the best hair in all of speaking land. So, Phil, how are you, man? I've been growing it specifically <laughs> for this quarantine um, thing and then letting the facial hair thing go as well. It's quite a liberating experience. But, Grant, good to be here. Thanks for having me. I've found that a lot of speakers are like, hey, I, I don't have any gigs coming up. This is a chance for me to just kind of experiment with some of my hairstyles or facial hair, that sort of thing. I'm keeping my own consistent look you, you here. You're keeping I'm, the I'm, same I'm, hairstyle? You didn't think about getting creative? No, no, this is not the moment for that. I just, <laughs> uh, just stick with what I know, and this works well for me. So uh, good to see you, buddy. I'm glad, you're, glad you guys are doing well. You're over in, uh, you, you have the uh, the British accent. People may recognize you've been on the Speaker Lab podcast numerous times before, and uh uh, and you are based out of uh, New Jersey, right? Yeah, we have a home in Hoboken, New Jersey. And when all of this craziness started to kick up, we also have a home here in the British countryside. So okay. we decided to say that if we are going to be quarantined, we will do it in the countryside where we can walk outside of our house and, and not see too many people for a while. So that's what we've been doing is hunkering down here and, uh, and running the business and, and, and working on the things we're working on with a beautiful, serene environment. How long have you been over there now? So this is, oh, what are we looking at? Day day 27, I think, day 26, something like that. Yep. Who knows? I mean, what day is it? Who are we? Where are we? That <laughs> kind of stuff, I think, is is a reality for many right now. It is. Uh, I, I've heard someone say, uh, hey, don't worry. Tomorrow's a new week. <laughs> Tomorrow's a new week. Tomorrow's a new week. It just feels like feels like it is taking forever to get through all this. Uh, so let's talk through here how kind of you're processing it. You've been over there for a little while. You're kind of hunkered down. We were talking before we went live here that you're just going to kind of hang tight until the dust settles, until you have maybe a reason to come back, or maybe even yeah. if you're allowed to come back. Uh, what is Where is that stand currently? Are you, like, if you wanted to right now, could you fly back I, from the I UK? I could fly US? back today. Um, it's, we have young family. What would I be coming back for? We are as yeah. comfortable, if not more comfortable here, other right. than the 
life when we're in the hustle. So this has always been our vacation, quiet time spot. So I'm just, uh, I'm here till things change on out. Yeah. Um, but that's about it. What else you got for me? So what has the last couple months been like for you? So obviously there's a point, seemed like uh, like maybe, I don't know, mid-February or so where we were all kind of like, is this going to affect us? Is this not going to affect us? Should I take this seriously? Should I not take it seriously? At what point did it feel like the dominoes started to fall for you where you're like, oh crap, I need to, uh, I'm going to have to change some things here. Yeah, I, I was looking at it. I mean, I had a really busy Q1, like a really, really busy speaking Q1. And that, included a, a two and a half, three week stint in Australia doing some big events for the Volkswagen group. And I was questioning whether that was the right thing to go to do when you were looking at the whole travel constraints and things that were around it. And then in the flights back from there, I was like, uh, this is going to get a little dicey. So it was more a case of what can I get done before this goes cray cray. Yep. I think I got another four or five events in and finished before we got to like May the 7th. Then I had some local events on the 8th, 9th, 10th of, sorry, of March and, and even decided personally to, to be able to decide that those events shouldn't fly. Um, and then we got ourselves back across here from a, from a personal point of view. But I've seen now um, since the start of March to now, we've had 27 engagements either cancel, postpone or reschedule. 27. 27. And, and, and my big thing that, that I'm just trying to wrap my head around is, is where is this going to resurface? Sure. So yes, we've got virtual programming that has been done for events that were, that were booked and being able to make contingency plans for it. But my bigger thing that I'm thinking is where do new events start getting scheduled from? I think right. there's going to be a lot of triages around how do we deal with what we would usually deal with. Yep. But where the market builds on out the other side of this, I'm, I'm really interested about. And what am I doing? I'm experimenting. Yeah. I'm playing. I'm playing with new tools. I'm using StreamYard for the first time right now, jumping on right. with you. I've delivered probably whilst being here the last three weeks or so, somewhere in excess of 45 uh, virtual programs with clients. And they've mostly been gifts of service back towards past clients, or they've yeah. been retainer-based arrangements of clients that I work with to say, okay, here's what needs to be talked about right now. And how can I move my my messaging towards a very right now message? Right. So that's right. been where a huge amount of the effort's been. And then the other things I've been looking at is to say, okay, my speaking business has probably sabotaged other parts of my life, mm -hmm. just speaking kind of openly and candidly um, over the last three, four years as I've been real heavy as a road warrior, haven't had the chance to be able to actually plug in and be the person I want to be in my family unit with any great consistency. Right. So I'm enjoying the gift in this crisis right now to be able to play back into that. And then I'm also thinking about business models across the board, yeah. not just gigs, but but what is my my diverse business model? I'm pretty fortunate in that through the decade or more I've been in this business, I've got 30 plus revenue streams mm -hmm. and starting to think which are the ones I want to lean into more and yeah. where can I add value? And instead of thinking of myself as a speaker, I'm thinking of myself as how does my ex expertise support and then nothing changes. Yeah. It's just yeah. speaking was one of the ways I used to share that expertise. And now there's other ways of being able to bring it towards the people that need it.
Right, right. Uh, you bring up several things I want to ask you about. So you mentioned 27 gigs that have just magically disappeared. Are you yeah. finding that a lot of them have have canceled or are you finding a lot of them have rescheduled or postponed? Uh, one of the things that I'm, I'm seeing and noticing a lot of is a lot of them are being rescheduled and postponed. So what, what that's going to mean is we're going to have kind of a um, a traffic jam uh, in the second half of the year of events that yep. are already scheduled for the year, events that are already happening at the year. But now we're going to try to take, you know. I've already got of, that happening. Is, is, yeah. Whereas now we would normally be looking at saying we've got a lot of inquiries that we're servicing for full events. What I'm now looking at is saying that any of the events that were planned for the earlier part of the year, how are we going to actually fit those in in the fall? Right. And there's right. lots of people also that have said, hey, we'll reschedule for September, October, November, but haven't locked down in dates yet or venues or locations. So that area that like is a huge amount of kind of anxiety and potential as to is this still going to work out? We've had a few that have rescheduled into things like May and June. And I'm looking at those and going, mm, I, I think we're going to be looking at another reschedule or another postponement. And the thing that I've been trying to do through this period is, is less of moving something to a virtual event, but more saying, how do we create custom programming for this client right now that says that we can deliver this within this window of time? Because as speakers to me, my inventory is time. It isn't speeches. There's a lot of people that are like, oh, if the gig gets postponed, you didn't lose the gig. The way I view it is if that date is gone off my schedule, then that's like a piece of stock or a piece of inventory that I can now no longer sell. And 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 if I lose 180 dates, regardless of the fact that they might have been booked and then rescheduled, that's like 180 items of inventory that went up in smoke and I'm not got an insurance policy against. Yeah. So it's lost revenue from your livelihood, whatever way you look at it, even if it's deferred. I'd like to think that if you're good at what you do, you would have filled those other dates with other clients and other opportunities. Right. So, so that's where my head's at with it. And um, it's bumpy. What am I seeing people do is nothing with any great trend. I'm just seeing lots of people make different decisions. And the only way I'm, I, I'm being close enough to achieving some form of, of reasonable outcomes out of them is, is being close enough to the decision makers and, and getting to the business reason of why that event needed to happen in the first place. Because most clients right now don't know what they want. They mm -hmm. just know that they're not booking a conference hall and they're not looking to be able to have the production and, and the dinners and the drinks have been canceled and the coffee's been canceled and the AV team have been canceled. So, of course, the speaker gets canceled too. Right, right. Whereas actually, if you can dig at it and say, actually, what was the purpose behind having this event and present them with an idea they hadn't even thought of themselves, then chances are you might be able to maintain the revenue. And in some circumstances, we've already got one that I'm, I should be confirming this afternoon. Where the revenue is three times what the speaking fee would have been for what the new the new plan is. Well, and you bring up a great point. One of the things we've been talking about on some of these conversations uh, with those in the speaking industry is that whatever it was that as a speaker, you were hired to come and present to that audience about just because the event hasn't happened doesn't mean that the problem that you are there to solve has magically gone away or that the solution Correct. has magically presented itself. They still, the, the event that was supposed to happen, you know, today, for example, that you were supposed to, that whoever was supposed to speak at, all of a sudden, the solution hasn't been solved. The problem hasn't been solved. So looking for Pro other ways. Providing, to providing that you were there to solve a business solution. And, sure. and the reality of the speaking business is I've learned to, to understand through the years is sometimes we're not much more than an intelligent entertainer. We're there to provide a, a piece of a show that then is 
is valuable for a corporation to hang the rest of its messaging off of or to to be something that is a catalyst for you know new corporate offerings or new product launch etc so so occasionally you bump into situations where the fact that because the event isn't playing well neither is the event entertainment which is what they were classing you as if they were seeing you as a consultant an expert on the stage that could help deliver messaging towards a commercial outcome they were looking to achieve then if they're serious about that, they should still be continuing to engage in a business relationship with you, even if that's not a keynote or an event, but still delivering your expertise using different vehicles, one of which is like what we're doing here right now. Right. So how are you presenting some of those conversations with those clients of an event was supposed to happen, now it's not happening, or even the ones that you said like, you know, uh, have either rescheduled, they want to reschedule, or the ones that are like, hey, currently, you know, we have a date for mid-May, who knows if that's going to actually happen, it's looking less and less likely each day. How are you starting to have some of those conversations to transition to say, hey, if I can't be there in person, that's fine, I get that, but here's some other ways that I, as Phil Jones, can provide value to your company, your organization, your conference, your group. How are you yeah. How are you transitioning some of those conversations? It's a great question. And I think it's one that many speakers will get wrong because what they'll do is they'll show up with the, yeah, but I can do this and yeah, but I can do that. And yeah, but I can do the other, right? And, and the trouble is you have to remember that that client is in some form of crisis themselves. They are in some form of pandemonium. I put a post out that got shared quite a great deal where I said, when somebody's drowning, the last thing you should look to do is to teach them swimming lessons. What you should probably do is throw them a rope, pull them out the water, wrap a towel around them. And only once they're safe on dry land, can you start to talk to them about what's next? And I think the same is true for anybody who was planning an event. And what you might have to realize in these conversations is the person you were communicating with about the event is not the person who truly understood the core business reasons as to why this was the case. So what you're going to look towards is to say, how do you enter into a conversation with the people you would have had the pre-event planning call with? So that's the conversation you want to have. And you want to approach it saying that I knew the event wasn't happening. And you've got to dig at it with questions. You can't come up with your solutions. If any of anyone's heard me speak before, a big thing that I lean on is that prescription before diagnosis is malpractice. So what we really need to look towards is to say, what were they looking to achieve? So if I was looking at this from a from a sales point of view, is I might be saying, so okay, so what's happening with all of your field sales reps right now? What are they What are they doing? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, they're all grounded at home. They're trying the best they can to be able to keep in touch with their customer base from afar. You know, they're sending emails. They're doing demos online. They're all figuring out how to use platforms like Zoom, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I said, what are some of the things that your customer base is saying back to you? Or what are you fearful that they might be saying back to you right now that could result in you getting lost business as opposed to not winning business? That could result in you losing business. What are people saying back to you in the other direction? Well, I haven't really given too much thought to that, but I'm sure the guys on the front line are getting a huge amount of pushback from customers right now with uncertainty about the future. Well, how would you feel if we thought about putting some programming together that provided advice and expertise to that sales force that is working in an environment outside of their normality, start to facilitate some discussions with them about how they can have more meaningful conversations with your customer base. And that instead of us have a business growth angle to what we were looking for, like the previous event, we have a client retention angle to say, how do we actually keep the quantity of customers that we have through this period of time? So that's what I'm getting to. And I'm, and I'm presenting these hypothetical solutions to people that says I've got to uncover an issue and then I've got to present them a solution to that issue, but still leave it in this gray box that says kind of like, how would you feel if we did something like that? They'd say, well, that would be great. Yeah. And then they might say, well, like how much would you charge for that? 
and then it's okay for me to say, well, I, I don't know if I'm honest, right? Is is right. I made this up like now. <laughs> so this isn't like, where's the page on my website explaining this? And I think that's a yeah. mistake many speakers could make is they feel like they have to get the offer right. Yeah. And then what I've been saying back to people is, look, you know, there's probably 10 ways I could do this. We're talking about, you know, supporting your staff from afar. We could, you know, do a, a good job of it, a great job of it, or an awesome job of it. So why don't you do this? Why don't you tell me how much this could be worth to you? you no, know, because you could give me, you know, a 10 grand budget and I could tell you what I could do for 10. You could tell me that we could keep the speaking fee where it was and maybe just translate that into this project. And then what we'd look to be able to do is, is I'd show you what we could do for that. Or you might decide that this is super important and you could give me 50, 100, 150 to be able to put a complete program together that supports right. your team whilst they are currently in furlough or working from home. And then I just shift it back to them. And the worst that happens is I have clients come back to me and say, hey, like, like we don't really have much we can do with this right now, but we could, you know, we could maybe do like a webinar series and, and, and probably find a couple of grand out of expenses to be able to pay you. And then you're left with a decision to make, right? You either do or you don't. Some of those I've said, no, well, why don't I just do this one for you? And then when they like it, if we decide to do more in the future, then we'll talk about the money then. I don't want money to be a reason why we don't do business together. Mm -hmm. And then others have come back and said, well, you know, if you do like a 10-part program over the next 10 weeks and each one of those programs is like 15 minutes long, could we do that for what we are agreeing to pay you for the speech? And then we just like write it off from there. And you go, right. well, yeah, sure, let's just do it. Yeah. And what I'm doing is I'm crystallizing that revenue right now, showing up in the moment and proving that I'm not about my speech. I'm about helping the client in these times. That's the you, kind of stuff I'm doing. You had mentioned that you, so in the past, uh, you said like in the past couple of weeks or so, you've done about 45 different yeah. uh, virtual presentations. One of the things you kind of alluded to there is some of them you're, you know, you're, you're devising a way that, hey, this is supposed to happen uh, in person. Now let's talk about how this could happen virtually uh, as a replacement um, uh, of the speaking fee. Some of them, it sounds like some of them are like, hey, I'm just, I'll just do this for you. Let me help you right now. You're drowning. Let's pull you back out of the water here, get you on the boat. Uh, and then we can kind of figure out some stuff. How are you trying to think through the balance of, of, I want to help clients. I want to serve people, but at the same time, realizing like you, you just lost twenty-seven events that are that's real revenue. Real revenue. At, at the same time, like uh, the balance of I want to, I want to, I have to serve. I want to take care of people. I want to provide value as best as possible. But uh, I, it's hard to pull someone up on on the boat or pull someone up on shore if I myself am drowning as well, which a lot of speakers feel like they are. So, how are yeah. you finding the balance of providing free value to help and serve, but at the same time? like gen generating revenue for your own business. Okay, well, well, firstly, here's why I'm not ridiculously discounting or anything of that nature is, is I believe that I need to maintain the integrity of my speaking business long-term. However, if I'm doing things that aren't my speaking business during this period of time that we're currently in, I can be as generous with that as humanly possible, right? In the same way that if you're a Michelin-starred chef, you're gonna maintain the standard of your restaurant quality food and you're not going to be discounting the prices of the quality that you put out towards those fine dining customers. But you don't have any fine dining customers at this moment in time. Mm -hmm. So what can you do is you can create the most badass soup kitchen and give food away towards the masses in your community and be seen as somebody who cares about what you say you care about. You can, you can live your values. Mm -hmm. So if I, was, if I was just trying to sell things too cheaply or to bring new offerings towards the table, what I could potentially do is risk my core business when we come out the other side, because all I've done is I've replaced my core speaking business with a $2,500 webinar business. And you've got to do a lot of those to get back towards the revenues I was used to as a keynote. So 
what am I, what am I um, looking to be able to kind of pull to this as a point is, is firstly, I've built my business through the years that says, I'm not worried about feeding my family on Friday, next Friday, three weeks on free Friday, 18 months on Friday, right? Is, is we have a fairly humble existence in terms of the way in which we live and I don't carry a huge amount of liability and we have enough runway that says I can ride this for a little bit. Yeah. So that puts me in a position that I know is different to many. But what I would advise people to be able to look at is to remember that you should see yourself as running two businesses. You've got the business you're running and the business you're growing. So when you think about the business that you're running, then you're probably in retention mode. So all of those contracts you have in place, I would do whatever you can to be able to keep them alive and keep them running and keep them to be able to still be there the other side of your, of, of, of this quarantine pandemic, whatever we're calling it. The opportunity that this crisis does present though, and I was saying this to, to Charlotte yesterday, is, is to look for the gift within the crisis, right? Is to look for the saying, it's like, what does this give me permission to do that I didn't have the opportunity to do if this didn't happen? And some of that is family life, some of that is health and wellness stuff, but some of that is business too. Mm-hmm. And you can start to be able to say, well, actually, how do I re-pivot or reinvent a new business model out of this? So the new business model that we are building on is something I've played with in the past. And it's kind of this ambassador style role of showing up as a resident expert within an organization that is a mashup hybrid between a speaker, a consultant, a trainer, a writer, a resident expert, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And position that as a monthly retained fee to support businesses over a sustained period of time. So instead of it's a single keynote fee, it's a retained sum of money every month to be able to show up and be the spokesperson around navigating a number of things within their organization. So all the things that I'm doing right now out of goodwill are getting me closer to decision makers to see if there's the right kind of fit for me to present those kind of opportunities. And for me to build a keynote business, I needed 60, 80 customers to say yes to me, to buy one thing from me once and almost never likely to be able to buy me again in the sustainable future, unless it was like three, four, five years later. Very rare to get a second keynote from somebody unless you didn't do your job so well. There's a handful of scenarios where that would be untrue. So what I'm looking at is to say, I don't want 60 to 80 individual clients in 2021. I might want six And then when the keynote side of things starts to be able to build back up again, that can build on top of that. And what I have is a baseline of six clients that I deliver 20, 30, 40 pieces of content for over a 12 month period of time, as opposed to finding 80 to 100 that are gonna give me one piece of business each. Does that make sense? Totally makes sense. It kind of reminds me of, uh, you're gonna have to refresh my memory on this, but uh, if people have have listened to our podcast interview together, uh, the cupcake analogy is where I was going. So refresh us on the cupcake analogy and how you're kind of thinking about- Yeah, uh, same cupcake story, really. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Um, is on the podcast, I talk about the fact that everybody in the business, particularly a personal brand business, should think of their business as a cupcake. And if you give a child a cupcake, the thing that they almost always want to do is to dive straight into the frosting and the sprinkles and the stuff on the top and the cake itself often gets less behind. Same is true for the majority of people in the speaking business. They want you know, the sweet sticky stuff on top, the keynotes, the high paying fees, all the glamour and the lights and the good showreel videos and the sprinkles and et cetera, done. But they never take the time to ba- build the base of the cupcake. If I'm ever asked to be able to advise anybody on how to build a personal brand business is what I would ask you to look at is to say, what is your your rolling overhead? What is the sum of money that you need every month 
to mean that you don't go backwards. The sum of money you need to be able to make sure your bills are paid and that you can stay on top of the lifestyle that you've become accustomed to, that kind of just break even level in your business. And I would build with no more than a third of your time something that generates that level of revenue. Mm-hmm. And in the past, that's been loads of different things for me. It's been retained consulting clients. It's been coaching side of the business. And more recently, right now, it's my book's revenue. So the revenue that I generate from um, exactly what to say in both paperback and in um, audible revenues and in Kindle revenues, that alone brings in enough revenue for us to be able to say we're good. Um, then I add to that some other retainers. Then we're in a fairly decent shape, even if another gig doesn't come back in terms of a sustainability type mode. So I've got a big solid base of my cupcake that has meant my keynote business has all been sprinkles. And what I'd be advising people to do right now is don't go to try and chase more sprinkles or to do sprinkles in a digital format. Use this time right now to say, what's the business I wish I had during this period of time so that I knew that I could maintain integrity within my keynote business. So I don't sabotage my brand position within the market by needing to be cheaper than what I would need to be. So that I'm still strong for Q1 2021 and and Q2, Q3, Q4 at that kind of time period. So that's, that's where I'd be going right now is to say, how do I build that base level of my cupcake? And where can I deliver more value to fewer customers as opposed to saying, how do I spread myself thin and need to find hundreds of people to spend, uh, to spend money with me? When you're making a transition like that of saying, here's where the business is, like you mentioned, like, here's the business I have, here's the business that I'm growing, uh, making that transition from from the known to the unknown can be very, very scary. A lot of speakers right now feel a lot of that fear of, I don't know when gigs are going to come back. I don't know right. uh, how long this is going to go. Um, hopefully it's going to be sooner rather than later, but nobody really knows. I don't really know what the long-term implications are uh, across the board in the speaking industry and how this is going to affect me. The reality is like a lot of speakers and, you know, we have we've we've had plenty of private conversations with speakers who they uh, they're really scared right now. And they're really yeah. nervous and really unsure of how this is going to is going to play out. Like you said, when you you're you're getting, you know, 10, 15, 20, 25 thousand dollar keynotes, and then all of a sudden they're just they're gone and there's no base of the cupcake. Uh, it's really, really scary for a lot of people right now. Right. So- if you have to live on that stuff, it's you're looking at a runway that was maybe safe for six, nine, 12 months when you looked at your pipeline and the gigs that you had in the can. Right. But I think you now have to look at it. And certainly how I'm looking at it is every gig that I have between now and January 2021 has the possibility of being able to reschedule and not trigger a revenue. Yeah. So I, I, I'm building my plan that way around. And I'd encourage others to do the same is to say, actually, let me build this based on the worst that could happen. If you sat there right now and you're thinking, um, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen. You know what the worst that could happen is. So why don't you build a plan based on the worst that could happen and then you feel back in control again. And then when it doesn't work out as bad as you planned for, then guess what? It's now good news. So I've instantaneously, even in the last three weeks, redecided what a good month is. I've instantly redecided what success looks like. And the successes that we would have been looking for in the month of February are very different to the successes that I'm looking for in the month of April. Very, very different. And thinking about the business in in a very, very different way, um, which has been quite liberating. 
are you, uh, how are you making sure that you're not getting so deep in your own head? Like this is a, a danger spot for, again, a lot of speakers it, is the fear can become, um, very crippling, uh, intimidating, overwhelming. Um, you, it's easy to let your mind just wander to a dark spot. So how are you just making sure in the thick of all of this, that you're staying optimistic, that you're staying positive, but at the same time, you're being you know realistic and, and making some of those, those real plans of how this affects tomorrow. Okay. Um, a few things, I guess. I guess one is taking fairly decent care of myself through this. And it's not hard to take better care of myself than the care I was taking on the road, right? Is I'm sleeping in the same bed every night, getting a fairly decent night's sleep, getting some walking, some exercise and some clean air, right? I'm already 10 points ahead of what I was right, doing, right. running from flight to flight to flight, eating in a hotel bar every night. So right. like that was an easy one. But the other things that I'm doing to keep some form of sanity in is, is to plug into people. Now, if I'm thinking about the people I'm going to plug into, it's it's other speakers in our space that I respect. But I but I mean that is a curated group. It's not let me dig myself into the masses of of folks that are that are running scared. It's it's who are the people that I that I know enough about that I can already see the picture behind the picture. You know, the, sure. you know if you, if you and I speak, we know the color behind the conversation so that we can take it all within context. Right. So I'm not looking to meet strangers in this period of time. It's how do I get closer towards the people that I already have some form of existing relationships with. Yeah. The other thing that I'm doing to stay sane is to do what I do. And, and I think this is probably the most important thing that a speaker can do right now is you need resume points the other side of this crisis. Because if not, you have no content to be able to deliver on stage. If you did nothing during this time that utilized your expertise within the market sector that requires that expertise, what are the stories you're going to tell? Are you going to tell stories from stage for the great results you achieved in 2019 when everybody's thinking, yeah, but what happened through the crisis? If what you can do during this period is that you can learn new stories, you can develop new case studies, you can create new examples of things that you talked about, by bringing your expertise to the front line with the clients where it really matters, you just built your life resume that then helped you have the content you need for the next three years in your speaking business. So when I talk about working for free in this period, I'm not. What I'm doing is I'm earning my chops that says if I want to speak in 2021 and 2022, I've got examples of where my material will help support people in a crisis, help people retain customers, help people go on to be able to navigate conflicting and, con and difficult conversations whilst going through a crisis. That makes me relevant. If we don't show up and actually bring our expertise to the, to the waterfront um, during a crisis, I don't know how easy it will be to win business when you're the other side of this. Right. So me doing that keeps me sane. Um, me doing the exercise, the lifestyle thing keeps me sane. And, and then me also being able to draw a breath that whilst all of this stuff is going on, the stuff that me, you, and everybody else that is watching this video right now or listening to this podcast is worrying about is nothing in comparison to the real reason why most of us are stuck in home right now or anybody is actually dealing with that reality happening in their lives. So I go to bed at night with that with that reminder pill of, of just how privileged my position and vantage point is navigating this and, and and that allows that bias to be able to show up in my thinking and realizing the lens i have the privilege to look at this through is different to many so what can i do to go help those many in some way shape or form what can i do to be able to show up and support and it isn't necessarily about me right now nor should it be yeah 
Very well said. Uh, before we wrap up here, I want to give a quick shout out here to our mutual friend, Mr. Brian Fanzo. Phil M. Jones, the man responsible for transforming my speaker business. World-class advice here. Great stuff as always. So, uh, Phil, uh, uh, we appreciate the time, man. Uh, love being here. Good to see you, Fanzo. I love that picture. I want to hang on a beach with you again. That looks amazing. Uh, I was going to try to pull up here. I've got uh, at the top there... Uh, I got a, I got a couple of your books. I can't figure out what to do with my finger there. I got uh, they're all up there. We've got uh, exactly what to say, exactly how to sell, exactly where to start. Go pick up all. Can you see them? They are up there. I, I believe you is what I'm saying. I believe you. I was trying to decide if I could jump up while you're talking and grab them. I better not. Uh, hey, Phil, this is really good, man. Uh, always enjoy seeing you. If people want to find out more about you, what you're up to, uh, where can we go? Uh, come check out philmjones.com. Um, if you want to see something, particularly from a speaker's point of view, we've already shifted to COVID messaging on the website. We've updated speech titles in line with where I think the market is going. I have homepage messaging that talks about the fact that we're aware of what's going on right now in terms of the events industry is installed. And here are some of the things we're doing about it. So you might want to check out the website just to see how we are playing with it. And by the end of this week, I will have a virtual speaking keynote demo reel which I don't know many people that will have that in position before they get to Wednesday of this week. Um, so check out the website. Come find me on Instagram. It's at Phil M. Jones UK. Um, and that's about it. That's about it. Beautiful. Beautiful. Hey, what's what, what's your hair product? What do you use there? This right now? Are you just jealous? I mean, I just, I mean, part of me wonders what it would be like, but I, I'd never, I'd never, I'd never be I'm, able to grow that out. I'm, I'm thinking that this might be my new online course. This is my pivot. <laughs> as we work through changing in the speaking industry is I'm, I'm going to just teach hair like a little five part course, 10 minute video series, 29 bucks. Um, I like it. See if we can scale it with some Facebook ads. What do you think? Should we roll with it? I like that. I like that. I'm in on it. Uh, we can talk about how to grow hair or what to do when your hair is uh, leaving you. Uh, yeah. So I think, I think there's something there, something we can make, we can make happen. Yeah, this is this is my. I'm just just letting it all letting it all hang out. I'm kind of going for the the, the Bradley Cooper esque thing. Like is what, what what my wife's asking me to go for. So we'll see how that plays out, shall we? Is your wife worn out of you yet? Because I find a lot of spouses are saying, "Hey, I want my speaker to get out of the house. You're I'm not used to you being here this long. Get out of here." What she get ready to get rid of you? We have twin baby girls at home. She's happy to be out of throw them at me for a bit. All right, sounds good. Good to see you, buddy. You too, buddy. Take care. All right, there you go. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Phil M. Jones. Again, I'd encourage you to check out his site, some of the changes he's made there uh, and how they are adapting and adjusting to the current climate and uh, some of the changes that they've made, just even in terms of the, the language that they are using to talk to clients and potential clients. So good stuff from Phil. Always enjoy catching up with him. If there's anything we can do to help you, serve you, support you during this uh, this, this weird time, please don't hesitate to reach out. Let us know. We want to do whatever we can to, uh, to help those like yourself in the speaking industry. Uh, what you do matters your message matters so don't give up don't get discouraged keep on keeping on stay optimistic because again the world does indeed need your message thanks for hanging out with us my friend catch you next time you're awesome